On this episode, we welcome Jimmy Everett's Navy submarine veteran, mortgage lender with Fairway Independent Mortgage, high school dropout turned MBA grad. Jimmy has built an organic social media following through his inspirational and motivational videos that coincide with his deep sense of purpose in life. Jimmy will share his fascinating story of his growth mindset with us. Jimmy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Charlie. <laughs> I will try to be fascinating. <laughs> so, Jimmy, tell us about your nickname. Uh, show. Uh, how does one earn the nickname Jimmy the Saint? Uh, it's not as good as you may think. Uh, God didn't ordain me yet. So uh, I'm in I'm in high school, and a friend set me up with this girl. Unbeknownst to me, she has this fabricated line of BS uh, about me. Apparently, I'm supposed to be some type of mobster or family. So I don't know what's <laughs> happening. So go out, and as this girl's asking me questions, I'm seeing her interest in me, like, just sink like the Titanic. And I was... <laughs> I know this is going to just blow people's minds, but I was not the smoothest kid in high school. Uh, skinny and goofy is a great way. You know, too many, too many PB and fart jokes. So uh, as I watch my language, so um, get to school the next day. My buddies are kind of teasing me about it, and one of them says, "What? What are you? You're a saint? Well, you can't, you can't BS. You're a saint." And again, this this thing was going to die in like two minutes. Uh, maybe a couple weeks later, and and anyone from Denver specifically, if you have not seen this movie, you're failing at life. But he, my, my buddy shows up to my house, the group of friends, and the movie is called Things to Do in Denver When You're Dead. Uh, the main star is, is Andy Garcia, plays a character named Jimmy the Saint. And his mannerisms in this movie are have always been very similar to mine. Clasps his hands in prayer when he's saying please and thank you. Uh, he just, he has phrases like give it a name that kind of, kind of would say so. Uh, it, it just stuck. So it's not the most like creative reason. I didn't run into a burning bush or, or save like a bus full of nuns, but somehow came up with the name Jimmy the Saint. And it stuck. Wow. So tell us about, so high school dropout. So tell us what happened at your life in that point. Where, where were you going? What, what were you thinking? I like to say that I was an overachieving screw up. I was really good at not finding the high school I went to, um, homework, I would always, I, I, I kind of tease my parents now that no failure ever told his parents that he didn't have homework more than, well, my sister, but my sister managed to graduate. So luckily, uh, I, I drop out of high school twice. I, I drop out halfway through my junior year, go back, get kicked out halfway through my senior year. Apparently, you can't say certain things to professors that I did. And so out, out I go and I'm like living on a buddy's couch and Truly, I have no motivation, no inspiration, no nothing. I am going to be, at that moment in time, a useless human being. I luck out, a Navy recruiter calls me, and for whatever reason, I decide, you know what, maybe living on my buddy's couch is not the best future. Uh, sign up for the Navy, and, and off I go, and, and uh, transferred out to, to Hawaii, and started that journey. Um, so we were talking about uh, a, a key pivot point in life, and and I don't know how many people can say this, but I, I genuinely have one moment that if if it doesn't happen, uh, life takes a completely different path. So I'm on my first submarine for a couple of years. I'm in the Navy. And while most people will tell you, ah, the military raised me, uh, it hadn't so far. I was every bit at 20, 21 years old, a screw up as, as when I enlisted. And so I'm working on my submarine. I'm working in this hatch and it comes down and it crushes my right hand. And so uh, I end up getting removed from that submarine, put on medical for a, a little over a year while I heal. Uh, I might have milked it a little bit. I think <laughs> I think the timeline is, you know, I don't think I can get in trouble. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. So 
because of that, what would have normally happened is I would have been on that submarine for another year, year and a half, and then I would have transferred to shore duty. But instead, because I did that medical time, I had to go back to a submarine. So I'm 22 years old. I'm still every bit the same screw up I was at, at 18. I have not grown up at all. I re-enlist and I go to Groton, Connecticut, and I'm stationed on board the USS Memphis. And on board the USS Memphis, I meet the greatest single group of human beings. I've met some amazing people in my life, but I met the single greatest group of individuals, including my friend Terry, who I've known for a long time. And, and I'm, I'm on this boat. I'm starting to get to know these people, and I really need them to like me. It's important to me at that moment in time, I, I need to be accepted by this group. And one of them, one day, my buddy Kyle, who I've now known for 20 years because I'm an old man, tells me, Jimmy, we don't care that you're lazy. Just don't be lazy on our shit. And that was kind of my moment that I go, oh, okay, I need to, I need to hold up my end. So if that hatch doesn't happen, who knows where I go? but I certainly don't transfer to Connecticut. I certainly don't get on the Memphis. I don't meet that group of friends and they don't get through to me. This, this pack of loving human beings, man, if you just put a little effort into life, great things are going to come from it. Wow. So from Navy to here, explain what got you to Denver? What was that? So uh, my, my parents are out here. My sister had been out, you know, here forever has, has kiddos and the whole nine, so I get out of the Navy in 2004, uh, kind of bounce around a little bit. I end up in uh, Canton and Kent, Ohio. Uh, my buddy Kyle, the one who told me to, to not be lazy on his stuff, was is from there. And I had a big group of friends that were there. So I'm in Ohio working in broadcast journalism, finishing up my degree and everything. And I realized that broadcast is not what I want to do. I'm looking at these different job positions and they don't, they don't pay very well. And my passion for what I thought would be an amazing career just was not there. I didn't want to be the guy on the side of the road saying, hey, it's raining right now and there was a car wreck. And so I always, I joke and say, I got mommed. I'm calling different people. My mother's one of them. And she's just, just try Denver. You know, just try Denver. And I'm like, all right, all right, I can do that. <laughs> so come out to Denver. Um, at the time, again, I'll age myself. I have all these job interviews lined up on monster.com and career builder. They all, it's 2008, right? Everything disappears as soon as I get here. So fortunately, a buddy I knew gets me connected with, uh, with a group of bars. Um, I start bartending, security, what have you, start managing those. And before I know it, like I'm kind of into Denver and the idea of going anywhere else disappeared. Wow. What would you say being in that industry, the nightclubs and bars, what would you say, what's it, what are the one of takeaways that you've learned there that has really been transformational? <laughs> Be careful what you wish for. <laughs> uh, and that time changes perspective. So when I started in the industry, I'm, I'm 30 years old. I just got into Denver and I really wanted at that moment to just know what I was going to be doing. Right. I didn't have desire to find my dream job. I just I wanted to know what my job was so I could do it and not have to stress about it. So I'm there for a little while. They ask me to manage. And I'm thinking, no, I don't want to manage these places. But I go to one manager meeting. I find out how much they'll pay me in the beginning. I'm like, okay, I can live with that. I go to one manager meeting. And I think to myself, and I said it out loud, this is going to be too easy. Because I knew I could run the entire thing. But I didn't have the wherewithal at that moment to really think about, one, why would it be so easy to, to run it all? Because granted, I knew how hard I would work and how good I could be at it. But that also takes the talent pool around me being pretty thin 
to be that absolute confident at your first meeting, right? And the, the other thing was, what happens when I run it all? What does life look like? So in my early 30s, I'm, I, all of a sudden, I'm running a, a large group of bars, five, six, seven of them. But I'm working nights. I'm working weekends. The phone rings at all hours of the night. Uh, dating's impossible. Social life is impossible. And there's no transition in sight. Little by little, and I know we're going to kind of dive into different things, including leadership. My leadership goes from, in my early 30s, I took a lot of pride in the way I spoke to people, the way I led people. We were doing very well. And then I hit this breaking point where nothing was good enough, my efforts or anyone else's. And my leadership went from good to probably at time, not probably, at times, as bad as you could possibly be. Screaming, yelling, you know, blaming everyone else but myself for issues. So... Uh, learning, I learned a lot about the things that you want in life. And I also learned a lot about the things in life that, that you don't. Want. So you're saying you can get, you can get in that with any career. I think you can get stuck there, right? Things are going well, you're getting promoted, you're, you're seeing opportunity and you're seeing money, right? And that's one of the things that we see in our industry in real estate, given that you do your, your lending number and there's, there's such commission incentive. You can just chase and chase and chase at the same time. You're losing your whole self in the process, right? And we can, we can see people, go, you know, be the top producing people in different, different fields and totally lose sight of what's actually important. 100%. And I'm, I'm pretty fortunate in the fact that in, in that job, uh, the fact that my income continued to increase didn't turn into happiness. I was never miserable all week. And then on Friday, I got my paycheck. I was like, you know what? I, I am, I am happy. Uh, I also had a scarcity mindset. I had never been in a field or a career where you and I could do the same exact job. You could be very successful and make a killing. I could be successful and make a killing. And, and that can happen, right? In the military, there's only one captain. In school, there's only you know so many A's that are going around. And in bars, there's, there's only so many managers, high, high ranking. Uh, so when you talk about kind of losing yourself, what happened to me, what drove me into misery was in my late 30s, I start realizing, man, I am wasted talent. Anything I could have achieved, like I, I just missed the boat. And that drove me to the, the brink of insanity. I was so miserable in that thought. Couldn't I'd start to write a resume and what, what am I gonna tell people? Yeah, I, I told bartenders not to overpour alcohol, you know. I told cocktail servers that they needed to refill a beer. I told managers, hey, don't get drunk on shift, try to show up on time and make your schedules. I mean, that was in essence, I was an adult babysitter for a decade. Uh, the funny thing is the best perspective I got on that, I sat down with Brandon Lloyd. He's a buddy of mine, he used to play for the Broncos, and he was a wide receiver in the NFL for you know several years. Um, and so I'm talking to him about it. How am I going to write my resume? And he said, bro, I've got to tell people I caught passes for a decade. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, yeah. And he's in uh, aeronautical sales. I mean, he has a you know, high-level high job with school for everything. Um, but I mean, that was touche, touche, sir. That's so what is, what would you say is the most value you get from, and you're big in the social media and you really brand yourself as not just being a lender, but somebody that really inspires people to find their purpose and meaning in life. And going back to what you have, you have discovered throughout your life and understanding those shifts. Um, so what would you say, you know, when you get up and do these, you know, daily, you do, you do these posts, what is, what is the most value you get 
Uh, maybe it's hearing from the people that you reach, right? Like I said, for me too, even if one person says, Charlie, you know, I love that the, that video you posted or that podcast, even, even one person makes a huge difference. So for you, what would you say the value you get from sharing so much of your life with other people and then not being focused on your business, but about you and your relationships with people? Yeah. I think that the idea that when I started them, I had no direction. Right? I just wanted, honestly, I just wanted to get people's attention. Mm -hmm. uh, and I thought for business, that was the whole reason I was starting. I'm going to make these videos. And I hear that that's what you're supposed to do in real estate or lending. You're supposed <laughs> to make these videos and then people see you. Uh, but I didn't know how to, thankfully, thankfully, I didn't know how to talk about my industry yet. And so I would just share experience. Now, I was coming from a very dark place mentally, like defeated, depressed, the whole, whole nine. And so I start making these videos. And at first, I mean, people are nice, right? The handful of people hit like, maybe a couple <laughs> people will comment. But most people, including myself, when I scroll social media, prior to now, I didn't click like on your, I just looked at it. And that's, oh, that's awesome. And scroll along. I didn't realize, oh, if I click like, that tells Charlie, hey, mm -hmm. you know, good job, right? It gives you a sense of, of, of confidence, maybe perspective. Yeah. So I didn't know what I gained from it at first until it was probably a couple months in. And I hear a lot of people who will start making videos and then they say they stop because they don't see those likes. They don't see those comments. I would tell you all now, you have no idea who is watching you. So all of a sudden um, I get a, a message from my buddy, Byron Irvin, who I was in the military with. And his nickname is Barn. We, I hadn't talked to Barn in over a decade. Uh, always, always good friends, known as wife forever. And he says, man, I don't know when you started making these. Um, I started watching them. I love them. You've got to keep doing this. And at the time, he was moving from Connecticut down to North Carolina. Um, his wife hadn't come down yet. His you know, dog hadn't come down yet. He's living in a hotel. And he said, man, I my dream job, he's starting to work for Google. But you know, I'm lonely as hell. I don't have anybody. And it's nice to just, you know, I see a video of yours pop up. And I was like, okay. Okay. Like it was sometimes the universe just kind of gives you a nudge, right? Just keep going a little bit. I know it sucks. But just keep going. And then every time I, I would get down on myself because anybody who has started making social media posts has had that post that dies on the vine. Yep. You get three likes. One of them's your mom, you know, <laughs> you like the yes. baby, right? And you're like, I'm, I'm not doing these. And every time I got close to that edge, my buddy, Char Chuck Hutton, again, old Navy buddy, I mean, I've known Chuck since I was 18 years old. We were stationed on my first sub in Hawaii together, and we were stationed on my second boat. Uh, he messages me. And, is, and, and everyone had something similar. They were going through something in life, um, whether, whether it was harder or easier, you know, in my mind, from what I was dealing with, it didn't matter. It was all relational. And I'm, like, I'm on to something here started reconnecting with high school buddies, started reconnecting with, hell, people that probably didn't like me very much. You know, let's let's face it, my old industry, I was the guy that a lot of people saw me coming around the corner and they were like, oh my, uh, yeah. here comes Jimmy. Like, I mean, I went back to one of the clubs that I used to work at about a year after I had left. And I went in in a, in a collared shirt and, and button in some jeans. And one of the bartenders told me that when I came around the corner, she saw what I was wearing, thought that I had been rehired. And she said, like, she almost threw up. 
that's how, because I was the guy that, you know, everyone else would kind of coast. And I'd be the guy that even if she was doing everything right, would find something wrong with her bar because that's how insane I was at the time. So I had an opportunity to completely rebrand who I am because I was only that angry person in that environment. So with these videos, when I started feeling like, okay, I can be myself and people are relating to it and they're coming back to me with, I can, you know, I get it. That, that makes my world, man. It's my therapy. If I say something and it helps anybody and it, it relieves me of like this therapeutic thought I'm going through, it's my solace, man. I think it's amazing. What would you say makes you an intellectual savage? <laughs> Ooh, uh, it depends on the minute. So um, there, there are times where I say I'm not. There are times where I would say I'm a caveman. Um, but to me, I find it fascinating that that there are lessons that we hear through life. Some Someone or something will try to teach us something. And some lessons we'll get very quickly. And then some, it might take us years and years and years. And we don't even realize it. Um, you might read something in your teens, your 20s, your 30s, your 40s, and then all of a sudden you're, you know, 50, 60 years old, you read the same thing and you're like, ah, ah, I get this. And so what I love now is that I feel how different my paradigm and how my, my viewpoints on things are. And so I'm going back and rereading and rewatching and re-listening to lessons that people, especially when I started to get dark in my late 30s, people were trying to get some of these messages through to me. They were talking about visualization and uh, and, and creation and all just mindset, right? They were trying so hard, but I couldn't see it. Blindfolded, ears plugged, you couldn't get through to me on, on anything. And so going back to all of that, and I just love immersing myself in knowledge. And I love immersing myself around people who have different perspectives, have been through different things, because to me, our, our energy and our power is in like this synergy, synergy, right? I mean, th that is everything to me. Uh, that's what, that's a very long winded way of saying that's what. And I think it goes me. back to a very simple concept that people are motivated, you know, by fear or faith, you know, and what they're doing. And so I think, I, I think that, you know, so if you're fear, it's going to be scarcity. And if it's faith, it's going to be abundant mindset. And as you meet more and more people, you see that come up over and over and you can just pin it. You know, your eyes are Agreed. wide open and you're like, I, I see it. Agreed. You might not see it, but I see it. Right. You know, and you just you, you try to help provide by your example, by your inspiration for people to just open their eyes to see how can they live abundantly? How can they spread this message? And I, it's, it's, you know, every guest we've had been, been through those hard times in their life, but sharing those experiences because nobody that got anywhere didn't go through that place. Right. Whether they're a small entrepreneur now, they're now they're a big Absolutely. organization. They've all had to go through that. And I think it's sharing those stories that make people understand the why, right? And the purpose behind it. There, there's a greater meaning behind it besides just getting your name out there and, and exposure. I think the the idea was that, and what I try to convey in, in everything I say and in my videos is that I have not mastered any of the topics I discuss. I, I'm just sharing lessons learned and kind of the experiences of, of going through it. Uh, you know, I know, 
as an example that waking up with gratitude is crucial for my happiness. Mm -hmm. Forget everything else. If I'm happy, I know I'll be successful. I know everything else will work out. So I know it's crucial. But yet there's days I wake up and I'm not grateful for anything, right? I, I will pout about, you know, we're human. So I think to, to me, that's that's all I want to convey to people is that we can we can all relate on some level. The most successful person on the planet, however that looks to you, whether it's financial happiness, travel, can relate to the, the most, again, all, all perspective, but unsuccessful person, mm -hmm. you know, um, we're, we're all intertwined on some level. And that's all I'm trying to, to figure out for myself and then hopefully share it with whoever's willing to listen. And I would, I would also add that it's not just about hoping that someone listens. It's that someone has something to say, because a lot of my videos come from conversations and perspectives I've gotten from other people that have, have you know, watched the first one and that's led to number two and led to number three. So synergy. Jimmy, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for being on our podcast and uh, we're going to share information so people can follow you and get in touch with you and certainly get more engaged with what you're doing on social media as well. Yeah, Thank yeah. you. I appreciate it.